All right, guys, this week, we're not doing a review of the week. However, just give a verbal review of the week. I connected with a guy named Matt Wells quite some time ago. And I mean, this guy just seems like a cool guy out there on the internets. I'll connect with them and say hi and shout him a message. He goes, dude, I listen to these podcasts and of the three that I love, here's one of them called the journey of a Christian dad podcast. I'm like, no way. Like that's me. <laughs> so that was phenomenal to hear that I was on your list of top three dad podcasts or top three podcasts that you listen to. So I appreciate your words so, so much. That was so encouraging months and months and months ago. Uh, cause I ad admire what you do. So men welcome Matt Wells with basic dad stuff. If you haven't seen his videos, you got to check them out on, especially on LinkedIn, but he also does them on Facebook and uh, other places as well. Welcome Matt. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. That is quite the introduction, brother. It's good to be here. Good to talk to you. It really and truly is an honor. Cause yeah, I mean, really and truly, I, I forget, I forget that big origin story of the conversation we first had that I was already listening to you before realizing you were who you were. So uh, good stuff, man. <laughs> that is so cool. And just seeing what you were doing out there, I'm like, man, this guy is a real guy. He's pretty fun. Like if, if there's certain topics in life that I realize I need more of, and I'm like, man, I need more friendly guys that are fun, that are authentic, that love their kids. And uh, I was like, I gotta, you know, be a goofball and grab this random guy that I've never heard of and, you know, connect, connect, uh, on the interwebs and whatnot. So so thankful that I have you in, in my life, Matt. Right back at you, man. It really has been awesome getting to know you over these last few months and communicating and having the back and forth dialogue and, you know, between you as well as the, uh, all the gentlemen that are in the, the devotional group that we interact with. It's been really, truly inspiring to see a group of guys that have that kind of camaraderie and transparency and openness to to be vulnerable and to be honest about what's going on in their lives and give that to other men and reach out to other men who can, you know, say prayers for them and be there for them and encourage them through whatever they're going through. You opened up uh, with the prayer, which, you know, I caught, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but, you know, basically you're quoting Ephesians 4 29 in your prayer about, you know, building others up according to their need that'll benefit those who listen. And uh, which is one of my mantras, you know, building 429 was a band I used to listen to way back in the early 2000s. And uh, that's a great scripture reference. So that it may benefit those who listen, man, whoever's out there listening, it's good stuff and it can be benefit to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you picked up on that, but yeah, I, whatever speech I do, wherever I'm at, I, I always say that prayer before. And with that, it takes all the anxiety and fear and of public speaking and just takes it off me. Cause it's not on me at that point. It's up to, up to God, what comes out of my lips after that. You got it. So, yep. Take a deep breath and let it rip after that. So <laughs> whatever comes will come. So tell me like, who are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you get to here? Give us, give us the snapshot of that. Oh man. So, you know, I'm really just kind of an every single, I'm, I'm every man, every guy, you know, I'm not that much different. I'm, I think that's one thing I, that has done well for the basic dad stuff videos that you mentioned in a reference beforehand is that, I'm just another dad out here trying to do my best. And the, the key part of that and the key component of that is just being present and active and having fun with my kids and my wife and being present every single day. So, yeah. So as far as who I am, all that good stuff, I'm not going to tell you my life story. I'll try to wrap it up in a very short nutshell version. I grew up in a Christian home 
with two incredible parents, uh, a, a great father figure, a mother who has been just the picture of unconditional love my entire life. Um, so I grew up with that incredible foundation and picture of what, number one, a marriage should look like. Um, number two, what Christian masculinity should look like in a father and how, you know, a father should treat a mother and things of that nature. So I had that great picture and great example to be a role model for me growing up. I am a Florida state Seminole. Uh, so, you know, after I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, on the west side of Pensacola or west side of Florida and went to Florida State University after that. So I bleed garnet and gold, even though it's painful blood these last several years. I don't have a whole lot to, uh, you know, be proud of lately. It's a painful saga, but eventually we're going to come back around. We're always rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. So eventually we're going to be on top one day, uh, one day. But yeah, so I went to Florida State and Met my wife there about my third year or fourth year into college. And, uh, you know, I, I, like most people, like a lot of men and women, when I was in college, I did derail a bit from my, my walk and, and living just the life that I should be living. But the beautiful part about that was, and I recognize today, is the foundation that I have that was laid down for me ahead of time. I return to that. It, you know, that's one of those things where if you, the Bible talks about that, if you lay down the foundation, that eventually your children will return. And I did. And I recognized, you know, it was time for me to come back to God and, and, and turn my eyes back to him. And my parents were always there for me through the storm that I was living through for a while and praying for me, uh, gave me tough love when I needed to hear tough love and met my wife at, or, you know, girlfriend at the time who also helped kind of detour me and turn me back in the right direction. And then when we got uh, involved and got serious and got married and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was uh, a, got my bachelor's in sports management at Florida State University, and then I hung around for a while longer to get my master's because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So got my master's just so I could basically camp out a little while longer in Tallahassee and uh, you know postpone being a grown-up and being an adult. But once I finished that, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, I've always been a competitive guy. I grew up as an athlete my whole life playing basketball and baseball and running track and field, weightlifting, a little stint in football, but mostly primarily I focused on basketball, but I was always an athlete. And when I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life career-wise, I thought, okay, well, in sales, I can continue to be competitive. That's probably the one area where I can really truly still live out my competitive nature. So I decided to go into sales and I've been in sales for the last decade of my life. Somewhere along the way, I, I got uh, I got serious about you know being a father. I, we had our, our first child in 2011, my my daughter Gracie. And I mean, I think every person's ever said that when you have kids, it just is it's life changing and it's a you know a perspective shift in your life. And that was that case for me. It definitely became like, wow, this is who I'm living for, and. Yeah, man, uh, it, it, it became all about her and, and doing things right and raising her and being a great model of a man for her, whether that means, you know, what she should look for in a man later on in life or what she should look for, you know, her a mother to be treated that way by a father or whatever it might be. And then eventually we had our second child, who's Gabriel. Uh, we had Gracie Ella. We got Gabriel. And he's our little, what do you call it? Nap head, not nap head, but uh, what's the the bright blonde hair? expression, you know, a toe head or whatever it is, long blonde hair, bright blue eyes, beautiful little boy. And we thought we were done, but God had other plans. 
and fast forward a couple of years and we wound up having twin boys. So I've got a, uh, I call them my minions. They are my little mighty warriors. I've, you know, in the last, since the, since the twins were born, I kind of refashioned the way I look at my kids in a sense of, you know, they were preemies. They were born nine weeks premature and they spent eight weeks or sorry, six weeks in the ICU or the NICU at the hospital. And it became all about, you know, these little guys that had to overcome one obstacle after another. Now they weren't that very, very terrible story that a lot of people experienced in NICU where they were struggling to survive. Our kids were doing well from day one and they kept making progress. We never had a, we never had a scary moment or a fear of losing them, but they still had to overcome, you know, they were only two pounds, eight ounces when they were born. So they were teeny tiny little guys. And I call them my giant slayers because they had to slay one giant (laughs) after another, after another, after another to get out of there. And I've always been fascinated by the story of David and his mighty men and the saga of the mighty men. And uh, so I kind of changed the way I look at my children and started seeing them as, as my giant slayers, all four of them are my giant slayers. I have a little song that I, that I made up called mighty men. You know, we are mighty men. It's about the Wells men and, and one woman. And uh, we sing, we walk around singing that sometimes and chanting. It's our little, our little mantra. We have a battle cry in our house. It's Rock Kazak, which is Joshua one eight, be strong and courageous. And yeah, so almost like I'm the general of my army, you know, and my army of little boys and one girl who are meant to be soldiers for the Lord. And that's the way I'm looking at it, anyways. Yeah. Wow. That's my nutshell version. <laughs> you said quite a bit there. Going back to your your parents. Uh, did they, did you ever see, I, I, I almost said, did they ever have a rough patch in their marriage, which we can kind of assume that they haven't had flowers and roses for their, the entirety of their marriage. Did you ever see a rough patch or a, a stint where it shook you a little bit? You know, I can honestly say that as a family, we went through some rough patches and, you know, financially. So we were never a wealthy family growing up. We were always not poor. We weren't, you know, wanting or feeling like we're gonna be on the streets anytime soon, but we grew up not having a lot. So, you know, my dad worked very hard. I mean, he's been a picture of hard work my whole life. He's very much instilled the value of hard work in me. Um, and that's because I grew up watching him work hard, but we did struggle financially. Uh, but as far as the two of them, mother and father, I mean, really and truly, not even bending the truth in the slightest bit. I can tell you that I don't ever remember a time in my life where I looked at them as a ship in in a storm, you know, in rough mm-hmm. waters. They they seem to always be together and strong. And a lot of that has to do with my mom. I mean, my dad is a strong man, an awesome picture of a, of a Christian man, but my mom has always been the glue that holds them together. She's She's that picture of, in my mind, perfection, you know, as you can be a lot of guys feel that way about their mom. I mean, that's a mama boy mentality, I guess, but you know, she was always there, always supporting him, always encouraging him despite whatever we might've been going through. So, I mean, it, it seems like a candy answer, but, but no, I don't remember any times where they had a rough patch marriage wise. Now that's not to say that they might not have had those patches and right. they did a good job of keeping them behind closed doors and us children were unaware, uh, which I should have said, I'm, I'm also the oldest of four. So I have four kids. And I'm the oldest of four kids. So I have three siblings also. I have uh, two sisters and one brother. So it's two boys, two girls. So everything that I'm experiencing right now is like, well, my parents have been through it and seen it and experienced it yeah. themselves, you know, just a different generation with different problems. But they've had the four kid life of growing up with that kind of battle. 
but they were always solid in my eyes and whatever troubles they may or may not have had happened out of my sight. Got it. Got it. So how you mentioned college and then your wife kind of brought you back. What did that look like? How did that happen? So I met my wife. Um, I was working at TCBY, which I don't think they even exist anymore. I think they think they have uh, faded into the mist in the in the background. But at the time, was a really big tea, country's best yogurt or an ice cream shop in Tallahassee. And uh, she she wound up being a customer that came to me, and I hooked her up with some some free yogurt with the extra peanut butter on the bottom kind of thing, you know. And yeah. Wound up getting her phone number, and we started talking and hanging out and having fun together, and. And I, at that time, you know, I was living, I would just, guess you just call it the cliche college lifestyle. You know, I was, I was a guy who, who partied a lot on the weekends, had a lot of fun, uh, never struggled or affected my studies. I still did well as far as school is concerned, but I had a lot of fun. And there came a point where she basically told me, Matt, you know, you either need to, you either need to move on with your life and grow up and be a man or I'm not going to be a part of your life anymore. And I, would, I wouldn't call it an ultimatum. It was not by any stretch of the imagination an ultimatum. I was at that age where I needed to figure out, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Do I want to go in this direction of just not really knowing what I want to do? Or do I really want to get grounded and focus on my future? And focusing on my future was, was with her. I mean, we, I fell in love with her and it became a very real attraction magnetic where, you know, we were very good together. And we had, you know, obviously like any couple, we have our struggles and things that we butt heads on. But she helped steer me back in the right direction. And I, you know, I got back into church uh, with her and stopped partying and doing all the dumb things I was doing because, you know, she what, what did some me. of those decisions or discussions sound like before you or as you got back to church? Well, so she and I have a had a very different upbringing. Uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church in Florida in the South. She actually grew up in a very Roman Catholic home. So while we had very, very different backgrounds in terms of, of, uh, you know, what church is like and how you like what the, what the Christian lifestyle may look like, she still was very much not the, she was not a party girl at, at Florida state, which is almost kind of a rare thing at Florida state, you know, to meet a girl who's not into going out and partying on the weekends and stuff. She and I would hang out and party together and things of that nature, but she wasn't into it as much as I was. She was more of the, you know, she wanted to be in bed by a certain time on the weekends and any other given night for that matter. Well, I want to be like out doing stuff, but the conversations, Oh man, having to dig into my brain here. The conversations really and truly, I think were just more centered around whether I wanted to be serious about a relationship or whether I wanted to be serious about, you know, being an immature college guy. Okay. And, um, in as non-threatening a way as those can happen, you know, I mean, she always had the best in mind for me and one of the best for me as, as a man to grow up and to figure out what I want to do. And she helped steer me into sales for that matter also, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And she's the person that actually first recommended, Hey, what about medical sales? You know I mean? What do you think about going into that? Because you're a competitive guy. I've seen the competitive nature and my, my, my studies had been all about sports and sport management and being, you know, in some kind of a sport role, but about halfway through my master's curriculum, I suddenly had that epiphany that I don't even think I want to be involved in sports anymore. I'm quite frankly, I've been a competitor my whole life and now five years of studies on it. And I think I'm kind of done with it. So when you're halfway through a master's program and suddenly realize you don't want to be in that program anymore, it's like, Oh boy, now what? 
So she's the one that recommended medical sales and, you know, you can have a very rewarding career in that area. And, you know, people that are in sales generally have a, can have a very flexible and giving lifestyle. And, and, you know, since I grew up with, in a family where there was a very strong, close family, I knew I wanted that for my lifestyle, for my life as well. So I think sales is one of those areas that can afford you to have a great work-life balance. And she's, you know, she spoke a lot of that to me. So has that answered your question? Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, it sure does. Just sort of her influence, encouragement. It's funny when you value a wife, you know, value and understand and cherish her. And then also when she speaks into your life, you're like, you really live like guys can really listen to their wives when wives plant a seed. Like mm-hmm. there's so many examples of all kinds of women that have, you know, you go to the queen when you want a favor from the king. <laughs> hey, can you go ask him for me? Yeah. You know, and if she's into it, she'll go say, Hey son, here's the deal. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Absolutely. So Florida state competitive going to sales. Were you always able to have a good idea of how to balance family life and work life or to go overboard? No. So it was all, I think this comes back to, you know, me trying to make my life mirror in as much a way as I could yeah. the life that I grew up in, because like I said, we had a very close family. I mean, I'm so blessed and thankful that I can say that all three of my siblings today are amazing, awesome Christian people, you know, who, who are raising their, their, their children and their families and living in strong Christian homes. I mean, my brother's that way. Both of my sisters are amazing, uh, Christian women. Um, so I, I, there's not a lot of people I think that can say that, that their whole family grew up that way and still maintain that. So to me, that just speaks volumes about my parents' influence and, you know, what it meant to us growing up. So when I started having kids, I wanted to mirror that as much as I could. Um, when I, when we only had Gracie, I was in medical sales and I traveled around a lot. So I was on the road a lot back then when we had a second child, I was like, okay, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't want to be traveling the way I'm traveling. So it became finding a job locally here in Jacksonville where I wasn't going to be on the road. So I could be around more for them, you know, and not spend much time on the road and be gone overnight, things of that nature. So then we had the twins. And I mean, I think that pretty much all of the hours that we are not working for the most part until they're in bed are dedicated to being with family, the weekends or family time. And it's by no means at all a, a picture perfect scenario whatsoever. I mean, one thing I try to focus on, if anybody knows me from LinkedIn at all, you know, my content is focused on two things. Number one, I do content that's based on my job and my career, which is in sales. But I would say the majority of my content revolves around being a dad and being a family man. And the fact that I am very much a work in progress. So all of the content that I spit out on LinkedIn, that's about being a dad and being present and being intentional and and doing fun things and trying harder, all that stuff that's out there that some people might find some encouragement and inspiration from the truth of the matter is I write all that content for myself. You know, I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone else. When I, when I write it and I hit the post button, I go back and I read it. So it speaks to me because I'm a work in progress as much as anybody else is. I never want to give out the persona or the idea that, I'm this perfect father or that I'm this, this amazing dad. And, you know, I think that our society is so fixated on the, the Kodak picture moment, you know, the, the picture, the social media example, people see you on Facebook, they see you on Instagram, they see you on YouTube, whatever. 
and they see the bright, happy, amazing moments. They see what is what we want them to see. You know, you don't, how many people ever post things of the fights or the arguments or the, the kids back talking? You don't see those moments. So while I might not actually share those moments and videos, I do talk about them a lot and the things that I, and I write about, you know, and that, listen, this is, this is an imperfect world. We're all imperfect people. You know, you can have your own opinion on whether we're inherently good or inherently bad, but at the end of the day, we all have a lot of work to do and a lot of soul searching to re realize and try to live as much as we can to be a picture of Christ. And uh, so always a work in progress. You were telling me that somebody recently reached out to you and asked if you're a caricature. Yes. So <laughs> that goes to my basic dad stuff videos. So I, I, I'm, I'm coming up on week 92 in a row or 93 weeks in a row of doing a basic dad stuff video every Wednesday. It's a Wednesday thing I do on LinkedIn. I started bleeding it into my uh, Facebook page also on the dad edge, as well as my own page. And I put it on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that I'm putting them on as well. But the 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 quote unquote character that people think that I play or this person thought I play is just it's it's me. It's me in everyday life doing things with my kids. Basic dad stuff to give you a quick run on that is just it's a minute to a two minute long video of me doing everyday things that we as dads do with our kids or moms do with their kids also, and ha having a quick 15 second capture of that and then looking at the camera and saying basic dad stuff. I got this eyebrow thing. My eyebrow goes up and I don't do it on purpose. That's just, you know, my, my eyebrow goes up all the time. It always has my whole <laughs> life. My wife has picked on me for my eyebrow thing. And people, people reached out and said, man, your eyebrow needs a, uh, you know, a, a LinkedIn page of its own. It's its own, it's its very own character. But I had a person reach out to me at one point and say something along the lines of, Hey man, I love your basic dad stuff videos, but is this really what you're like? Or is this like, are you, a, is this a caricature of, you know, something you're trying to portray or, or be, or, you know, act out. And I, I heard that and I didn't, I was like, wow, I guess somebody could see it that way, but none of these videos, none of these clips or snippets are me acting anything out. This that's the beauty of why it's so relatable to people is that this is just everyday stuff that we're doing. These are things that every dad for the most part is experienced. If they haven't experienced all of these things I'm doing, they've certainly experienced a lot of them. And, and, and no, this is not a, a portrayal of anything. It's not me acting. This the way I talk. It's the inflection of my voice. It's how I talk with my kids. My eyebrow is probably up half the time. I would say that when it's, when it's up in, in, in non-special entertaining moments, it's probably more of the going up and the kids are going, uh-oh, what I do, you know? It's yes, like, yes. Like hearing their first middle last name, you know, eyebrow goes up, Graciela Faith Wells, you know, and the eyebrow is up. It's never a good thing, but in the videos, the eyebrow is always up. <laughs> it is it is and i love seeing your kids uh i don't say make fun of it but get into the spirit also where they play their role and they just love those videos what's what's cute about it is they all well that's not they all the two twins are too small to really get it yet but gracie and gabriel after doing it for several weeks started you know doing the same thing they'd walk around the house and say basic sister stuff <laughs> or my, my little boy would see me do something. Gabriel would see me do it and go basic dad stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's right. Yeah. So, and I, and you know, if I talk about basic dad stuff at all, I do always want to give credit to a guy named Patrick McNamara, Patrick McNamara, or Pat Mac, or, um, you know, he's a lot of names. He's a big giant Instagram follower. He was a, I think he was special forces in the army has a massive following on Instagram where he does uh, combat strength training, a lot of other things also, where he's got a few different businesses that he, that he's a part of. But he does a video series called Basic Dude Stuff. And I literally came in on like week two where I saw that it popped up in my feed on LinkedIn and I watched it and I was like, oh, this is so me. This is, this is, this guy is awesome. This is great stuff. And I saw it 
And I reached out to him directly and said, Hey man, I saw your basic dude stuff. I got an idea. Would you be okay with me doing kind of a, a kind of a spoof on it instead of basic dude stuff as basic dad stuff. And he gave me just, and he literally responded with a thumbs up emoji. I was like, all right, cool. So, so I gave it a whirl. People right away started responding to it and being like, this is really number one, entertaining. Number two, it's, it's great to see a dad having fun with his kids and, you know, just being goofy and being a, you know, a bozo out there with his children. So it became something that went from one week to two weeks to three weeks to here we are coming up on, you know, mid nineties coming up on a hundred in a month and a half or two months from now. So it's become a thing, you know, it's something that I love doing and the, and it's, it, my family all knows I do it. I'm working on getting basic dad stuff, uh, trademark for it and copyrighted and who knows what else. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So with your kids, when you snap on them, do you ever snap on them? Man, I snap way more with the eyebrow. I, I don't know if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> the eyebrow should say it all, right? No, I definitely snap on them. And you know, if I said I didn't, I'd be a big fat liar. Um, it's something that I am always working on uh, all the time, trying to work on that because I I do have a temper. Um, and when you have four kids, it, it, somebody's always doing something out of line. And I feel like it, the more kids you have, the the less you know, your patience is just spread more and more and more thin across them. When we had one kid, when it was just Gracie, I feel like I had a lot more patience yeah. and we had two kids. It was still a little bit better, you know, but, but I still, but the patience was a little bit less Then we had the dog who was a big goofball who ate things he shouldn't be eating and had, you know, yes. that kind of thing. And the twins came on board the twins are my two little twin tyrants. Uh, their, their mission in life, it feels like at this stage in life is to divide and conquer. They go one way. And then this one goes that way. One's hanging from the light friction. The other one is digging into the Tupperware cabinet. Then when we go one way or the other, they dart off in different directions. So they're just constantly trying to divide us up and conquer the, uh, conquer the village here. So the more kids you have, the more my patience has been spread thin. And it's something that I work on all the time. Uh, I'm constantly trying to better myself and control myself. And I read a lot of books on parenting. That's one thing I had somebody tell me a few days ago, Matt, you should stop reading all these books, stop reading so much stuff and just focus on being you. And like, that's great. That's good. But I'm taking a lot of tidbits and a lot of little snippets out of all these different books that I can apply to my own particular situation. But one book that I just read, um, talked about having a little post-it note, this has a CV on it. Not like a, not like a cover letter, but CV for calm voice. Cause oh, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I have a, I have a loud boisterous voice as it is. I mean, I'm not oh, a soft yes, spoken yes. person at all. So good, when good buddy of mine, John's a construction guy. It does elevators. And then he comes home while well, he's been out in a loud environment the entire day. So when he comes home, he's already got a voice like yours. Mm-hmm. That's been amplified all day because he's had to be basically yelling at people to have a regular conversation in the environment he's in. If he comes home. He's like, that's something every day. I remind myself to check my voice. One, I'm not hearing so good by the end of the day from all the noise that's come in. So yeah. my voice is louder. He goes, so I got to remind myself so I don't holler at my kids when I'm just having a regular conversation. Yeah. So and, that's and a great one to point out. For sure, man. I mean, the calm voice CV is something that is a big one for me because even if I start the day off, I have to start my day in prayer and I have to make sure that in my prayers, I'm, you know, two things I do in prayer every day is that I talk about, or I, I, I put on the full armor of God when I say mm-hmm. my prayers in the morning. Uh, I do it with my daughter. And not every day. I like to do it every day, but the full armor of God with her say that prayer. And secondly, I pray that I will keep my 
be able to keep my patience and not raise my voice because I do, I do it. It's that's my Achilles heel of parenting is I just get frustrated and my voice goes up and I recognize and fully acknowledge that it's, I shouldn't be doing it. Now, granted, there's moments where it's justified, no doubt about it. As a parent, there's moments yeah. where things get heated and you need to raise your voice to get their attention or something. But, but that's something I'm always working on, man. So I agree that that makes a big deal at the very beginning of the day. If you start out right and you got your foundation, right. The rest of the day does seem to go better mm -hmm. where if the day Absolutely. starts out frazzled and you're missing, missing some key elements. So I, yeah. I pray for my kids and my wife and myself every morning and I add things to it, but I've got some specific prayers that I do. I like that you add the full armor of God, put that on. What's something in that prayer that you just love? So, you know, the prayer goes for me, help me put on the full armor of God, Lord, you know, the helmet of salvation. To, and I, I add on to it. So the full armor of God, put uh, army with the, uh, the helmet of salvation to guard my mind. So I'm thinking pure thoughts, the breastplate of righteousness and my heart is pure, the belt of truth. So I'm speaking in honesty, the sandals of peace, or I even say the boots of joy. So I'm walking around with a contagious joy all day long that, you know, it will benefit those who see it and they want to, you know, mimic that and they see the joy and they want to experience the joy. And of course, the sword of the spirit the word and the shield of faith, you know, to protect me from the attacks. Cause Lord knows that as a Christian man walking around in a very unchristian world, the, the attacks are coming from all directions. So that shield has got to be held high. Yeah, that was awesome. I love, love the way you just rolled right through that. The helmet protects me from things from the outside. And then we've got, we've got, we're responsible for what's on the inside. So the transforming of the mind we're responsible mm -hmm. for. So when I started studying about that, I'm like, Oh, I absolutely love that part. And one of them that I just sort of skipped, you know, who cares about sandals? I don't wear sandals. Yeah. And that's why I say boots of joy, uh, the sandals of sandals of peace. I don't, I mean, and really, and truly when you read the scripture, it doesn't really, I feel like the, the sandals have been, they can be a little bit twisted in how it's presented versus how people talk about it. Um, but I call it the boots of joy, maybe just because it sounds manlier. I don't know. But yeah, like absolutely. Boots of joy. <laughs> yeah. I like the way, you, I like the way you twisted that, that that's cool. But yeah, later on, I'm like, I started to appreciate the sandals and how it was talked about, but I like boots of joy that that works for me. <laughs> so I know you, uh, you're a big foundations guy. Uh, have you got anything to add, uh, foundations? Well, yeah. I mean, in, in a conversation, you hear me go back to foundations a lot, whether it's my foundation and the upbringing I had as parents, you just mentioned the foundation that every day starts with, you know, start the morning off with a foundation of devotion, time, prayer, whatever it is. I mean, um, Matthew seven twenty five is the scripture I go back to all the time. And it's become one of my, uh, it, actually my personal email address is based off of that Matthew seven twenty five, which is that the rains came down, the floods came, the wind pounded on the house, but it wouldn't fall. It was founded on the rock. Um, you know, what's the, what's the old song? Um, oh shoot on Christ, the solid rock, I stand all other on the sinking sand. So that has been kind of the foundational verse, which, you know, pun intended of my life that I go back to, I mean, everything I am and every, every bit of who I am centers back on the foundation that I was raised with. And that's what I'm trying to do for my children is raise them with a solid foundation that they can also stay rooted in no matter what comes up in their life. And ideally, hopefully I pray that they never go down some of the roads that I went down in terms of just detouring and getting out of their Christian walk. But if they do, I pray that foundation is solid and secure. So they come back to it when it's all said and done. That's where, that's where I get my peace from. So if that happens, I take peace in the fact that the foundation was there. Yep. The foundation's there. 
And all I can do as a dad is, you know, is, is be somebody that's pointing them in the right direction. As it talks about, you know, our children are quivers, arrows in our quiver. And if we aim them in the right direction and steer them in the right direction, ideally those arrows will fly true to the target. So what are some core values or um, just anything that comes into the Matt Wells family? Like, yeah, man, how do you want your family to be? I think of that as pillars, you know, I think that as a dad, as a father, we've got pillars, we have to, to live and build our house and uh, upon there's a foundation at the bottom and there's pillars on top of that foundation. And we build our house and build our lives on top of those pillars. So, I mean, I think the, the first most important one for us is having unity with our spouses. That may not always be perfect. It may not always be look the way we want it to, but having that unity up oh, got one of my giant slayers coming in here now oh yeah absolutely today I got pirate day pirate day look heck at you, yeah you I, did look at you man you look awesome my wife loves pirate day got the eye patch and everything that's that's super cool buddy thank you wait daddy's talking to mr daniel for a few minutes can you give me a few minutes yeah hey, all right we'll see you great to see you huh because i'm on a call here are you gonna have to go back yeah all right I gotta finish this. Bye, call, Gracie. You guys, close, close, close the door, Gabriel. Close the door, please. Okay. Thank you. There That's you go. Awesome. It's a dad show. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> yes, it's a dad show. Dad, the kids pop in. What? When you're like, I need you to FaceTime me, uh, like at the dollar store or someplace, because I have a project. It's like due on like Wednesday or Tuesday tomorrow. Mm. So yeah, the unity with the wife is imperative. You know, you, your children need to see you as a as a united front. You know, a, a house divided against against itself will not stand. You can use that in politics in the country, Republicans versus Democrats. You can use that in the household of moms versus wives. If care, if kids see their children as two divided beings that think differently, act differently, treat differently they're going to use that, you know I mean? Kids are smart. So a, a united front as, as mom and dad is probably the number one, most important thing that I think that we have as parents as a, as a value. Um, other thing is just the spirit of persistence. You're never going to quit. You're never going to waver. I mean, we all know how hard it can be. We all know how easy it is to toss the towel in and just give up. And I don't mean walking out as a dad and being, you know, and leaving. I mean, even just shutting down for the day and be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go lay down. I'm not here. You take it from now, sweetheart, you know, and that kind of thing that's going to cause two things to happen. Number one, your wife is going to not respect you as much because you're not there for her right. to do everything. And number two, your, your kids are going to see you as a dad that just doesn't have the intentionality of wanting to be there as a father should they're, and they're going to, that's going to be something they see and recognize and know. And for the rest of their life, yeah, dad's always tired. Dad's never around. Dad gets home from work and he's, and he's pooped out and he goes to his room or he sits down on the couch and pops on ESPN or whatever, you know? So, what's, a way, what's a way to change that? So say you're that dad right now. What advice would you give to that dad? I don't have anything profound other than I love that I read a book a while back um, that talks about switching from saying no to just saying yes. Yep just say yes to things, you know, as, as parents, as people, we're so instinctively rooted in saying no to our kids. Well, most of us are, some people could probably use a little bit more no in their lives uh, as far as saying no to their kids, but it's so easy to say no, that sometimes we got to say, you know what, 
I'm going to pledge right now. And maybe that's the thing is maybe if you're a person who struggles with this, maybe you take a week or a challenge or a 30 day challenge, like somebody I know where you commit yourself for the next 30 days. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes to my kids. When they ask me to get out and jump on the trampoline, I'm going to say yes. When they ask me to go ride a bicycle, I'm going to say yes. They want to jump in the pool. I'm going to say yes. And just say yes for, for a week or for 30 days and see how it might see how it can change your life and how it can change and skew the way you look at things really and truly. I mean, they say that 21 days to make a habit, but when you start seeing the difference it makes in your kids' lives to have you around present playing with them and doing things with them, it's hard to go back to being a dad that can say no and just, you know, throw the towel in and be done for the day. So 75 hard is a big challenge that's out there. And that mm-hmm. one's a mammoth one, by the way. So if you guys look it up and think, oh, I'll just go do that. It's it's a big one. But you actually got me through 75 hard. I had tried it time and time again, and various things came up. One of them was COVID. That one sort of yeah. derailed me where you know wheels fell off uh, when I was pretty confident I was going to be able to finish that one. And then you're like, hey, I'm going to try this 75 hard thing. I'm like, dude, if you're doing it, I'm doing it because I can I can roll with you. And we kept each other accountable every day. You know, I was fairly quiet throughout, generally speaking. You did a good job of uh, keeping the cheerleader aspect going. But because I wanted to finish out and I didn't want to let you down, that was a big part of why I finished. And the biggest thing that happened during that was the second workout. For me, the second workout was a game changer because I changed the way I uh, attempted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're supposed to do two workouts a day. So in the morning I always work out. So that one was easy and you're supposed to get an outdoor workout in. And I generally always work out outdoor in the morning. So that one was super easy. The second one, I'm like, I'm going to incorporate my kids and my wife, if she wants to every time. So five days a week or so, the second workout was with my kids doing something, whether it was tennis, whether it was a walk, a hike, a rock, a uh, one day I told you, I, I went fishing with two kids. We were on a hillside. And so, uh, that was one of my hardest second workouts. It doesn't sound that way, but you get two kids that can't tie their own hooks and get snagged on stuff and are yelling, dad, 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 get over here. But, and so we bonded and now we've created kind of a thing where we're always doing something active at night when I get off work and it's yeah. just carried on and it's been awesome. So one, thank you for getting me through 75 hard, but even bigger than that, connecting with my kids in a way consistently every day that I had not been, like, I thought I was doing great, but now they are fired up at nighttime to go on an adventure every night. Yeah. That's, that's, that's gold, man. Go on an adventure, whatever that might be. An adventure does not have to mean you're going into the mountains and hiking, man. You can have an adventure in your backyard an adventure in your neighborhood, an adventure down the street. I mean, there's so many simple things that we can do. And again, we just have to say yes. You know, we got to swap pleasure for purpose. So, you know, be purposeful and intentional on what we're doing and stop thinking about the quick, simple, instant gratification pleasures of sitting down on your phone and swiping through Instagram or sitting down and watching ESPN. Those are instant pleasures that we're all rooted and just quickly sucked into but swap that for, for, for purpose, man, being, being a purpose-driven father and what so you're doing. Vision. So swiping on your phone and ask yourself, hey, is this where I want to be? Is this mm-hmm. adding to, well, I want to be connected to my kids. I want to, okay, how, how is that helping? Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, 
don't get me wrong. Like I say, I'm a work in progress. I say these things for myself because I'm as guilty as anybody is of sitting down and swiping on my phone or picking my phone up when I need to be playing with them. And if they call me on that and I recognize it, all right, my butt's up out of that chair and we're doing something, you know? So you got to make it happen. Uh, just get off your butt and do something for crying out loud. Traditionally, we've been at bedtime doing five, 10, 15 minutes of like YouTube videos or whatever, kids, whatever they do on tablets. And we kind of lay there with them, mm-hmm. my wife with one, me with the other. I don't have four, so I don't have to <laughs> add two more into this mix. And my wife and I, finally, my wife goes, hey, we're done with tablets at nighttime. From now on, it's books, it's talking. And my one daughter does something called looms where she makes bracelets and stuff. We're like, okay, that'll work. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. being engaged in something physical, you can, you know, talk and be open about stuff for sure. And it was something that was bugging me for a long time. And finally, my life laid, wife laid the hammer down, like no electronics. And it's been so awesome. Well, good. I'm glad she did, man. Yeah, absolutely. So fitness, you're like totally into fitness as well. I'm all about fitness, man. That's uh, I'm a, I'm a fitness minded person. So I'd like to say that I've got the the three, the, the trifecta, and they're all F's, you know, faith, fitness, and family are, you know, my, yeah. my main three I go to. And if I were to add a fourth on the end of that, I'd say firearms also, but I'm not going to go down the firearm road with you today. But yeah, my faith comes first, family comes second. I think I might've had that in the wrong order, faith, family, and fitness, but uh, I'm all about fitness, man. So you mentioned 75 hard. That's just the latest journey that I'm on, you know, in terms of my, my, my lifetime journey of being fitness minded, but I've always been really into fitness and probably at some points, truthfully, maybe a little bit unhealthy, you know, a little bit of body dysmorphia because I've just been in good shape pretty much my whole life. And I feel like if I were to not be in shape, I almost lose a part of my identity um, that I've always had, but, but really, and truly I have shifted my, my focus and stopped focusing so much on being super strong or being super lean, chiseled cut, whatever. And it should be more about just being in good shape and being active so I can do these things with my kids. And so I'm not stuck with debilitating injuries and things of that nature because I'm in terrible shape. So you just brought something up. I was out with some guys the other day and uh, one of the guys was overweight, you know, just call it what it was. And, but he was doing the stuff to not be overweight. He was working out and everything. And each one of us were talking about why we stay in shape. And this guy says, uh, you know, I'm doing it. So I lose 10, 20 pounds or something so that I can run faster, whatever it was. Yeah. And it came around to me and I go, man, I started doing this a long time ago because I know that I want to be on the ground playing with my grandkids and everybody kind of paw. I go, I don't have grandkids. Like (laughs) at the time I decided to get in shape, it was, I didn't even have kids. Yeah. And I was looking long-term and I didn't want to be that 70 year old or even 80 year old that didn't have the ability to engage with the kids in that kind of way. And so I'm, you know, grandkids are still quite a ways away, but I'm going to be in shape. And that the guy that was 10 or 20 pounds, he goes, scratch that. I'm not aiming to lose 10 or 20 pounds so that I can do a little bit faster in the run or whatever. That's mine. Now I want to be able to play with my grandkids. That's a great answer, man. I mean, that's a phenomenal answer because we all think about our kids, but what about our grandkids that we might not have yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So these foundations that you're passing down, same thing. It goes to your grandkids who then pass them along and keep going. So wherever your family is, you can change the course of your whole family by changing the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act. And then your kids will pass that, that on as well. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the fitness is a big part of that, obviously, 
And I, I, the, the fitness really should bleed into so many other areas of your life. So if you take care of yourself, you take care of your own physical health, it's going to carry over into your relationships. You're going to be happier. You're going to have more confidence. You're going to have more energy throughout the day. I mean, it, to, to not focus on your own personal physical fitness, you're really doing yourself a disservice uh, in, in just everyday living, period. End of statement. And this will release later. However, you're about to uh, run the 30-day challenge for me while I'm away in Colorado and have no internet service or anything like that. So I want to thank you before you even do something of kind of curating and taking care of the guys in the Journey of a Christian Dad Facebook community and just keeping it fun and whatever it is you do while I'm away with literally no cell service, no internet service whatsoever for five days. Uh, thank you. Like that was really, really cool. And I love the fact that you're the type of guy that I could ask. Well, you're welcome. And of course you can always ask, man, always reach out if you need help with anything or. And what I, what I mean by that is if you were a different, you know, sort, if you had different core values, if you had different, you know, if there's something a little not trustworthy about you, it's like, oh, you're really cool and all, but I can't trust you. So, you know, so that was great. A couple of things I do want to point out for people that have listened is who do you know that's like Matt? Who do you know that's like Matt that is it is physically fit? Maybe it's you. Who do you know that has a marriage? Who do you know that has a marriage that's just, you know, pretty, pretty great that you can see and you'd like to emulate that? Who do you know who has had parents that had that kind of a marriage? So I encourage you to seek out in different areas of your life what you'd like to be. So if you'd like to not be the person, you know, scrolling on your phone on Instagram or whatever, if you'd like to not be the guy that flips on ESPN when you get home, who do you know that doesn't do that? Who do you know that does something that you'd like to do? Hang around them and that'll rub off on you. So some of these physical challenges that we've done in the 30 day challenge, I've done them with another guy. And the reason is, is because I want my score to be better. One of the reasons Two, that camaraderie, it's always fun to do hard stuff with other people. But my score is way, way better when I'm doing it with somebody else. Well, your score was pretty impressive. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, and it wouldn't have been had I been doing it solo. But um, finding guys like you and kind of collecting relationships and investing in those relationships pay dividends and just help us stay the course or realize there's an even better course to be on. So I, frankly, I just thank you for being in my life, literally, because my family has had more fun because of you and just seeing what you do, but then also occasionally an encouraging message or something like that. Um, you know, I've got a number of people in my life that I repetitively thank for being who they are because it rubs off on me. Well, dude, that's a, uh, you got all the synapses in my brain firing with endorphins right now, because it always feels good to know that somebody has had any kind of a positive impact on their life from something that I said, did, or, or suggested. So you're welcome. Thank you for saying so, man. Yeah, absolutely. And takeaway for people that just heard that part was praise people specifically. So instead of saying, Hey Matt, thanks. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for what? Yeah. Yeah. That, that leaves Matt lacking. Like, cool. I did something. I'd like to get thanked again for something. And I'm actually kind of disappointed that I don't know what it is. And I'm going to think about it for a long time and try to figure it and then ultimately forget. But if you thank somebody specifically, it's something so few other people do and really just dials it up. I'm not bragging on myself. Somebody taught me this lesson a long time ago, but to see what it does, not only for Matt, 
take that into your marriage and say that to your wife in a way Mm -hmm. and watch what happens to her. Matt was talking about the endorphins and synapses firing. Same thing happens for your wife. And she just blooms like the the most beautiful flower in the world. If you, you know, shower her with praise. So anyway, got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think that was, I think that was a worthwhile one. I think that's a good tangent for sure. And, and, you know, a great little seg, not even a segue, but a little caveat to that is talking about thinking specifically same goes for your kids, man. You know, yes. speaking, speaking specifically, thanking them specifically for something they did. Or, do you or ever do this on one? Their own. Do you ever thank God? So the kid is present. Do you ever thank God for certain things about your kid where you're not talking to your kid, you're talking to God? You know what? I don't think that I do, but you saying that out loud makes me think that I absolutely need to. And not in the, and not in the pace. I think, I think probably the way that most people do this, if you want to be honest, is the passive aggressive opposite of saying a prayer out loud about the kid, dear Lord, please help my kid to act right. And not, not lose the remote control every time they get this thing. You know, that's the out loud prayer to God that you want the kid to hear and go, okay, I should not lose the remote control, but flip the switch on that. It's not a passive aggressive, really, truly stop say a prayer to God out loud, thanking them, thanking God for whatever a kid accomplished. Thank you, God, that, you know, that, that Gracie got such a great test grade on her, on her quiz today, or that, you know, she swept up the house without even being asked and what an amazing kid she is, you know, wow. And that could be powerful, man. A very powerful thing you can do. It has been so powerful in my house. So the first time I did it, uh, my gosh, I don't know how old she was, maybe four. So my strong-willed child that just gets on my nerves, like nobody's business. And She's wonderful. However, she's passionate and she does what she wants, no matter what. And she was having a, a fit, just a craze, craze fit. And yeah. I stopped and I got calm and I wrapped her up in my arms. I don't want to hug daddy. I'm not hugging you, honey, as I'm hugging her. I said, I'm, I'm going to have a conversation. I don't want to talk to you. Good. Cause I'm not talking to you either. <laughs> Dear God. I just want to thank you so much for my Emmy. She is the most adorable child. She works so hard. She loves so hard. She is so passionate. At times she can boil over her emotions and that's the way it is. And I appreciate just the way you made her God. She's so unique and she brings so much fun into the household. And I just want to thank you so much, Lord. I can't imagine you being able to give me a child better than better than Emmy that, I, that loves me more than she does. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And wow. she, her temper transform went from a 10 or 11 or a 12 on a scale of 10 to gone entirely. And she goes, did you just tell God that stuff about me? I did. I did. I thanked him. Could you, I, for, I forget if it was immediate or if this was the next night, but she says, could you uh, tell God some more of those things? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, man. That is speaking life into your kids by speaking to God about your kids, man. Wow. That's goosebump stuff right there, man. I had forgot that. I don't think I've ever shared that, that one on the podcast. That's awesome. Uh, that's that's a, a practice that instilled can just be game changing for how your children see themselves because of how they see you seeing them, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So we wow. always like to finish off if you got any parting thoughts. And then also if you've got a challenge, maybe a week to week challenge for the guys. Yeah, man. So I love the challenges that you get on these things. And I wish I put more thought into that, but I would say the intentionality of it here is just the main challenge. And that's, that's what I, when my, when my basic dad stuff videos and my content and encouragement all boils down to is just doing things with your kids, get off your butt and do something with your kids. A lot of your challenges in the 30 day challenge are about that, whether it's, you know, cooking with your kids or doing a dance party with your kids. So my challenge to anybody out there listening would be for the next week, seven singing days in a row, do something with your kids. It doesn't matter what it is. Just do something with them, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour or longer, get outside and play with them one day, throw a, throw, have a, have a catch one day, the next day, go bounce on a trampoline. The next day, go on a walk together. The next day, go on a bicycle ride together. The next day, break out the old Nintendo NES and play some super Mario brothers together. You know I mean? Just do something with them seven days straight in a row and tell me that you don't see them appreciating and valuing that time and craving that time with their dad. Now that is an awesome challenge. That is an awesome challenge. And it's doable, man. It is doable. I call that one carefree timelessness is set aside everything and just intentionally spend one-on-one time or one-on-two time with your kids, whatever it is, one-on-four. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't happen quite that way. But, <laughs> That's the uh, hard part. That's the hard part yeah, for kids. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can separate, you can, you know, those type things. And you know, if it's one of those days where you're stacked like crazy, do it in the morning, first thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Whatever before you the day even gets started. There's no rule that says you can't play checkers at 6 a.m. There's no rule you can't get them out of bed at 5 30 a.m. and take them and teach them that the early 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 worm. Early, early bird gets the early worm. bird gets the worm, you know, take them fishing. There you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You certainly can do that. I know I've asked my kids, Hey, you want to get up early tomorrow and do whatever. Can we do that? Dad? That'd be great. Yeah. Surprise so, them, man. They won't be expecting it. Well, I appreciate you as always. I only wish you lived in St. Louis, Missouri and Tallahassee, <laughs> but next time I'm down that way, I'm going to have to pop in. Yeah, man. By all means, you're ever around this. If you're ever, I say Tallahassee, I mean Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Well, if you're ever in the Southeast of Florida and I I realize it and find out you were here and and you didn't let me know there'll be trouble, brother. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for coming on this week. And thanks again for taking care of the 30 day challenge and just being a part of the community. You bet, man. Happy to do it.